The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson and Fred Zinke here. It is Tuesday, still September, September 21st. Uh, we got two weeks left in the regular season. It is really, you know, this is the week where I, for me, it felt, I felt a sense of finality, Fred. Like, okay, we only have one more fab period after this. We only have two more weeks. I can actually see the ending here now. Yeah, absolutely. I think in, in if you're in a lot of weekly leagues, like your fantasy baseball season kind of ends next Monday, like then you just cross your fingers and hope. I know even like like NFBC, you can switch your lineup next Friday, but that's not a huge task. Like you can't switch mm-hmm. your pitchers. You're really looking at like one or two hitter spots. And if you're going to switch someone in or out, and a lot of that might have even been pre-planned where you picked up certain guys for matchups on the weekend or something. So yeah, I feel like we're we're basically, you know, six days or so away. Like you said, that one more fab period, one more lineup set on Monday, and then, and then you just go from there. And also, I think there's so many. I don't know if you're fine if you find this, but a lot of teams were like, if you're if you're gonna make a run, that run probably needs to start this week. Yeah, you know, that you're like, hey, I'm I'm eight points out of the money or something like that. Like, if you're still eight next Monday. Like you're probably, it's probably not going to happen, especially we know players play a lighter amount of games typically in the final week, whether it's yeah. resting for the postseason or their seasons are coming to an end and their teams are just, you know, moving playing time around a bit. But um, yeah, I think, I think, th- and also this week's the heavy schedule week, right? Like you and Scott talked right. about that a bit. But um, if you're going to make your move, this is the week where you could get a lot, a lot of wins, a lot of saves, whatever, uh, a lot of counting stats. So, if you, if you don't make your move this week, this feels to me like the like like the like the 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 final week almost of the season, and then next week you probably focus in on a couple of your teams and and make good bids Sunday night. If this were the Tour de France, this would be the final mountain stage, and then next yes. week would be the uh, the the roll down uh, the the victory lap, so to speak, or it'd be Monaco and F one. But uh, anyways, uh, I will stop making comparisons <laughs> to other sports and other countries. Uh, because that's not appropriate. Uh, you know, last year was weird because we had the shortened season. You yeah. had a lot of movement the last week. Uh, we saw labor get have quite a bit of change in the last week of the season, whereas this year we're not going to see that as much. I, I don't think we were. I, I, I've seen it happen. I've seen 10 points go in the last two weeks. But you need, like you said, you need to plant the seeds for that now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And last week, last year, like it was so short that, you know, right now you were doing whatever, like your eighth, about eighth, um, you know, Sunday fab run of the season. You were still fresh. And and yeah, you know, like the, the season was so short that you could still make a, a lot of movement in the standings in the last couple of weeks because that was about a quarter of the season. Now, right. you're not, I look at certain teams, you know, I looked at one of my teams and I thought like, I was, I was like, okay, where can I move up? And I looked at the standings and I was like, uh, nowhere or hardly anywhere, you know, oh, I mm-hmm. could get one, I could get one point in steals. I could get one point in wins or something like that, but there's, there's separation in some of the categories. So it's, it's yeah, very different from last year. And we're more realistically, we're all a little more burnt out because, the, because we're back to a longer season. Yeah. Just and, like the players aren't used to throwing uh, yep. as many innings per game or cumulatively, we're not used to playing 27 weeks. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, we're used to the two month season, the 60 day season. Uh, you know, I, I, the tout table was that, you know, Todd put together a hypothetical league and asked for potential rule changes. And then he sneakily said at the end, well, I put in a lot of objectionable things that I personally object to just to try to get more feedback, to get more responses. But (laughs) I thought one, I, I, and I'm trying, I gotta, I'm trying to remember who said it. I think it was actually, it was Nando who was like, I love the 60 day season. You know, I kept kept him engaged the whole time, uh, and then it was done. It didn't feel like the slog. Is there something to be said? Something to be said for having a shorter season, maybe, or season within season, make it a little. Or, or, or do you like the beauty of a long term season? Well, okay. The purest in me just feels like, and I'm fine with the grind. The purest in me just feels like, like a season's a season, and we need to be in for the whole season, like mm-hmm. or pretty much. Now, I do know back when Adam Azer used to do the fantasy baseball podcast on CBS. Now he just does the football one. He used to talk about the idea of seasons that ended on September first, um, and I thought that one wasn't bad. It's like not quite, but similar to the fantasy football seasons that don't include the last week of the year. Right, because yeah, but that would teams, be like that, including the last three weeks of the year. It, People it, don't realize that's a whole six of the season. It is. It's a pretty, but it, but it's still, it's like five months. So it's a, that's a mm-hmm. good long time. Um, yeah, and then you know, and then it, it ends right, like right when you know kids go back to school and fantasy football starts and things like that. I thought that was okay. Um, there's a good chance I, I like someone would have to chart this, but okay how about this out of 10 leagues the team that's winning on september 1st how many of the 10 do you think they win eight how many of the 10 you think you think if you're if you're winning your league on seven. september 1st i'll say seven seven because, yeah because seven. i bet you there's a lot a lot of one and two point leads there's going to be sure. some some collapses down the stretch yeah. it's still a pretty significant chunk of the season it is yeah yeah for sure so i i mean there are a lot of i like what i know I, I like nato because he thinks outside the box on some of these things and you know i've heard people talk about having a first half league so they're gonna have a first half league it runs until the all-star break or it runs and runs until july 1st and then and then they can right. have a second half league or something like that so it's a so that each you know if you had a, a home league or something you have a draft you run your league until the first half you throw everybody's rosters out on july 1st or over the all-star break it's probably an easier time to do it and you have a whole new draft you have a whole separate league that runs during the second half and that like that could be a fun way to do it and break it up into smaller parts but i didn't mind the sprint season some people really seem to hate it and and i get it like it's not what we were used mm-hmm. to i i found it exciting i mean i was just happy to have baseball i'll be it's honest true. you know I, I i my my druthers are to have the full season right. um uh, i will say this this is going to be two years in a row i'm not going to win a league and that kind of sucks i i i, I I mean, I could have a miracle in a couple of leagues, but it's not likely to happen. 
Uh, I, I'm going to keep grinding, try to, and there's a couple leagues where I'm trailing by 10 points. One of those is mixed labor where there's like six teams within 10 points. Mm-hmm. So things can change. Mm-hmm. And I try to make some moves accordingly before the trade deadline, but you know, I'm frustrated a little bit. I, and I'm going to be checking my process in the off season. See, what am I missing? Yeah. Or is the competition just getting better? Am I getting worse? Am I getting old? I am getting old <laughs> every day. Every We're single one of us old. is getting, We're all older. getting older. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got to see if like the game has changed and I haven't changed with it. I don't know, but we'll see. And I thought maybe last year, okay, it was just a sprint season. I can write it off. That's why sure. I said that. But now it's a full season. I'm probably not going to win a league. It's kind of frustrating. Uh, so we'll see. Um, now you say you aren't going to win a league. Do you feel, what do you think is like your, a- I would be interested too in my average placement. Like if, if I had a lot of thirds, do I need, like, I would feel like, okay, like I'm on the right track here, but maybe I just need to tweak something a little bit, like as an example. I have some thirds. I have some fifths and sixths uh, in the beat mm-hmm. Jeff Erickson's. I mean, I, I'm not tanking anywhere, but I'm not winning either. Uh, I, I, I got to grind a little harder, a little sooner, perhaps. Uh, I think, I, I know one of my problems is I do too much. You know, I, I mean, okay. 17 football league, 17 okay, baseball yeah, yeah. league, you know, yeah. uh, part of that also is I'm not going to not do a lot of this. So tough. It just, I got to find a better way to deal with them. I'm, I'm not going to be less involved in my kids' lives. I'm not going to not play fantasy sports and other sports. Cause that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's partially my job description. I'm doing yep. a golf podcast right after this, for instance, um, uh, still doing the serious XM show. I, I got to find a way to better channel my energies, I guess, but uh, we'll see. Because uh, uh, you know, uh, everybody else, they have real jobs too, and they're they're still doing fine. They're they're, they're grinding through. I right. see the screenshots from Phil Desalt, who we're going to have next Thursday, by the way, here on the uh, the Rotowire podcast. I don't know, you know, you know, Phil, he's just crushing. Uh, yeah, the main, he's crushing everything this year. I see Vlad's screenshots of, of his standings page, and he's doing having a really good year. And I, other, you know, Paul Paul Spore is having an amazing season. I'm not, I'm not that I'm not doing that this year, you know, and you know, I finished, I think I finished second in talent last year. I'm nowhere close this year. You know, I haven't won talent in over a decade. You know, it, it's frustrating. You know, I'm, I'm going through a, a existential crisis right now, <laughs> midlife existential crisis on the podcast, but, but it's good. But, but yeah. And the thing is, is will you have time in October and November to go back to your drafts and say, and your early season moves and say, you know, where, was I unlucky? Like, where are my common? I try to do that. Sometimes I don't take the time to do that. Like I should do a better job doing that. Like who are the players that let me down? And what is, are there some common threads among those players? Like, was I consistently let down by players at a certain position or a certain age or a certain skill set or coming off injuries or what was it? So I think that, I think that is, um, is, is really key to do. Um, yeah, like they said, like, like guys, like, like Phil is just uh, uh, beyond everyone right now with yeah. the degree to which, which he's crushing it. But even without us being Phil, like we can all, and I'm sure Phil will look, work to refine his process in the off yeah. season too. So yeah, trying to figure out, I, like I said, I always want to do that, but I don't always, and I should is to go back and look at, you know, what, what were it, for my teams that didn't win, what was the problem? Like even when your teams win, there are problems. So when your teams oh, don't yeah. win, Absolutely. when your teams don't win, there are even more problems. Right. So and and was it you know? And sometimes it can be luck. 
But then you see Phil and you see the season he's having, and you're like, okay, he had some bad luck somewhere along the way and he's, he's overcome that, you know? Yeah. And so is it just yes. a cornucopia of bad luck? Do you have a bad process? Do you have a fatal error somewhere? I don't know. Um, and you know, and am I capable of figuring that out? That, that, you know, a lot of things there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on from self-reflection time. I, I'm not just a grinning huckster of puns. I promise. I, I want to do better than that. Uh, Let's talk, we're going to talk about what's going on. A uh, couple of things uh, that happened last night. But first, quick note from our friends at WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions. And even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the pre- premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action. With a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Rotowire listeners a risk-free bet. Up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcast. Thanks for WinBet for sponsoring us all season long. Uh, we got a lot of talk about Shane Baz last night. Made his Major League debut. Did it against your Jays. Looked really good in the process. Yeah, he did. And I watched that game. And yeah, he did, he did look really good. I think this is just another one right down this Tampa Bay pitching pipeline. Like you just knew, he, I, I don't know, didn't you feel like you just knew he would be effective last night, like going into that? If I could have grabbed yeah. him in, in, if I could have grabbed him in, in NFBC leagues, I would have, like, he wasn't available, right? Because he didn't debut till right. Monday, but I would have been, would have been all over that. He looks like someone who, you know, and he did, he did give up two home runs, but. Both Whatever. solo like, shots, right? Yeah, yeah. Solo, solo home runs. You look at his minor league stats this year, strikeout rates, terrific. The walk rates, like, obscenely good. Like, the ERA's great. The whip's great. Like, he looks great this year in the in the minors, kind of split almost evenly between double-A and triple-A. Um, this guy yeah. looks like someone who's ready to help fantasy teams right now. Like, if he's getting a start next week, I want him. And next year, he's going to be... Now, it's the Rays, and, like, maybe they shuttle them around a bit next year again like it's just it's the race we'll see we'll see how they handle them but right he looks like someone i think who will be a like a decent like a mid-round draft pick next year i think he's a playoff starter this year yeah i, he, I think the jays will start him in the playoffs just look at their rotation we spent some time talking about this the other day i mean right now it's mcclanahan rasmussen and baz are the three guys i try to roll out patino wouldn't roll out yarbrough no. Nope. So bad. I was listening yep. to uh, Paul and Justin on Friday's uh, Sleeper in the Bus talking about streaming and how, like, you know, it's just you can't you can't use them. You just can't. You know, it's funny. Bad. Although, you know, Yarbrough gets the Marlins this week, so that that's tempting. Um, and they were talking about the Yankee matchup, which you know, I'll, I'll bandit. I'll hope you and her here, but um, yeah, it's just I really have. It's really interesting to see they've thrown fewer starting starting pitcher innings than anyone else in baseball. So that's one way they get around all of this. Yep. And the playoffs actually lend itself to managing like that. You know, you need fewer starting pitcher innings because you don't have to use your fourth and fifth starters that much. 
Yep, absolutely. Like we could see Baz start a playoff game with Yarborough following him. You know, Baz throws four innings and then they get him out. And then Yarborough comes in after that and throws a couple innings and you go righty lefty. And mm-hmm. like there's there's lots of ways the Rays can play it. But I, I agree. I think he and, and that that will mean so much to his 2022 fantasy draft price. Like, if, right. OK, so if he starts a game next week and it goes well and then he starts some postseason games. Oh, I could see him going in like round 12, something like that. It's like something where he's, some people are drafting him as, as their third starter or a high-end fourth starter or something like that. So I think there's a lot of potential here for someone who just burst onto the scene. Like the, the minor league numbers this year are just so good. And then the Rays are so good. And we just, I think it's time to just assume the Rays will be good next year on a yeah. consistent basis I, with, without knowing what they do in the off season. Like it, if they if they trade Brandon Lau in the offseason, I'm going to assume they're still going to be good next year. Or if they yeah. trade Austin Meadows, I will assume they're still going to be good. They're not trading Wander Franco, and that's great. And like he'll be a centerpiece in that lineup. They'll have other pieces. They'll platoon their way around. They'll pitch like crazy. Uh, I think Baz will be on a good team next year. So yeah. So you you got a good young pitcher on a good team that typically nails their pitching. So yeah, I think yeah, he but doesn't nail it for fantasy purposes though. That's the problem. You know, yeah. four and two thirds done. Okay, we don't care about your fantasy team. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, like, like Tyler Glass now was was dominating when he like yeah. he got hurt, and and um, yeah, I think like they do have pitchers who who have really good years for them. I, I mean, now I'm trying to think on the spot here. Did Charlie Morton have one good year for them? I think he did. Right. Oh yeah. Yes, he had one. He good was really year good in 2019, and then last year, yeah, one great yeah. year, and then injury riddled the next year. So, I mean, he had a good year for them, and they let. And Charlie Morton was interesting because he was someone who had had no length his whole career, and then right. the year he pitched for the Rays, he almost threw 200 innings. Right. So, and then last year they really managed the the heck out of him, and he didn't have a good regular season, but he did have a good playoffs. Right, <laughs> and, but it seemed it like I had him under him. Yeah, I had him in an important league last season, and it seemed like he was never healthy at the beginning of the season. Like it seemed like right from the beginning last year, he just, they were managing him right from the beginning. And then I forget if there was an IL stand or like a skip start or a pushback start uh, here. I can pull it up. There was, there was an early, there was three weeks in August with a shoulder inflammation. I remember this now more clearly, like he started the season. It looked like they were managing him. Mm-hmm. Then he basically missed most of August, which last year was huge. And then he came back in September and, and they, they were very slow to ramp him back up. But anyways, right. I think, I think for someone like Baz, if if he can throw six innings, I think if if you're good, and I think they show that with Glass now too. Like if you're good, they'll let you throw the innings, some innings. Yeah, you just yeah. gotta have to. And I think one of the things we have to keep reminding ourselves is how truncated last season was. He made nine yeah. starts. After nine starts this year, that would that would have been his May 19th start against the Mets. Actually, a good start. But after that start, he had a 4.60 ERA. Not much different from what he ended up with last year. No, no, absolutely not. Right. And then he's been great since then. And then the Braves yeah. gave him the contract and everything. Yeah, you're right. The 460 RA is almost identical to what he did last season. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, you could see him glimpses last year because if I look at him last year, 474 ERA, 343 FIP. So there's some underlying numbers there to show that he had been unlucky last year and probably could have been more successful than he was. But yeah, I think, but I think, I think you're right. Like, the Rays, even the Dodgers manage pitchers at times really carefully, but you'd rather have a Dodger than not. Yeah. Because they're yeah, so absolutely. good. Right. Of right. Course. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you on that one there. Uh, got a quite, you know, they, they were playing the Jays yesterday. 
Steve Bowman uh, asks about uh, ask the Jays fan what advice he has for those of you rostering George Springer. Hasn't been good in the last two weeks since trying since coming back. You know, some talk did he rush himself back? Uh, what say you? Do you move on from him for the rest of the regular season? Just resume next year? What do you do with him? Yeah, so he's playing hurt. Like I think that's like that. I think that's everybody knows that or who's around yeah. the team. Like he's not a hundred percent. But what are you going to do? I mean, he missed the start of the year. He missed time during the year. Mm-hmm. He's got this massive contract. There's there's no waiting now. There's like there's less than two weeks left. They're DHing him at every opportunity to try to help him to play as much as possible. But he's not healthy. He's gotten it right. out. He's doing what he can. I respect it. So many baseball players. Like we see so many. You and I both watch hockey. We see so many hockey players play on all sorts of injuries to try to continue playing at 80% and, and help their team. I get that you can't always do that in baseball because if you can't catch up with pitches or if you can't throw as hard as you normally do, like you, you can't be effective. But, but baseball players are often quick to shut it down. And Springer's doing the exact opposite. He's trying to gut it out and help his team and we're getting crummy results in the process. And I think yeah. he's going to keep playing and I would be fine with moving. I'm fine with moving on from him. For the for the rest of the season, it, it it's so much. I know it's kind of a cop out, but it's so much depends on what your alternatives are. Yeah, it does. And it, you know, if you're in a ten team mixed league, twelve team mixed league, that that's that's the type of league I have them still active in my leagues. You know, sure. um, outfield's actually been kind of hard to find at times. So especially playing every day, that's one of the things teams do try to platoon a little bit more to make up for that gap. Um, and so that. You know, especially with all these injured outfielders. So I think it's been very difficult. Yeah, this was a week where because some teams played a lot of games, you know, the Jays have seven, but Springer probably won't start all seven. So you could have probably found someone out there who you feel like was going to start seven games plus this week and have been hitting well or something. Late in the season, I do feel like the waiver wire opens up. I was talking to Jeff Zimmerman briefly about this on Sunday that like I feel like the waiver wire is a real struggle through the first half of the season. I guess if you're in a good league, it's a struggle through a lot of the season, but I do find in September, it opens up a bit. Like some teams quit trying, um, yeah. they quit, quit making waiver wire moves or people are making moves, but they're not researching anymore. Right. They're just kind of not putting the same amount of effort into it. So if you, if you're really paying attention, um, like as an example, like we noticed that the Rangers face five lefties this week, um, in a deeper league, you could pick up Charlie Culberson. We talked about that, who, who always plays against lefties, doesn't play against righties. He hit a home run last night. So there's ways you can grind out at bats and playing time and, and counting stats late in the season. I think easier than other times in the year because sure. there's less people in your league who are grinding. So I would say you could probably replace, if you work hard, you could probably replace Springer right now, depending on your league size in a 15, maybe I just keep with them but in 12 or under i think I, i'd try to replace them and it's let's be honest the question's probably from someone who's in a 12 or under yeah let's let's also face it too is there's probably three people grinding right now one yeah. of my 12 teamers there's one pickup this week in the in yeah. the online championship one player picked wow. up not one wow. person one player picked up this, it's been yeah a, but it's it's been kind of a soul-killing league because first place has been settled for a while now so uh or at least mm-hmm. we think it's been settled, and, and you know, seconds pretty well. It's there's one and two, are, and there's a pretty big gap, uh, big gap between one and two, and a big gap between two and three. So it's been frustrating. Uh, and, and my offense stinks in that league, so that's that's <laughs> one of my Springer leagues. So there, there, there you go. Uh, a couple other guys, let's talk about. So I picked up John Lester and lived to tell the tell the tale in the main event. Got a win out of him. Win number two hundred. Use that Cardinal Devil Devil Magic for good. That's the way I look at it. 
Yeah, absolutely. They're rolling. Uh, he, you know, he's rolling. Uh, I, I didn't pick up John Lester anywhere, and I, I probably should have thought more seriously about it. I just saw John Lester and thought, Ugh, you know, John Lester, and I just yeah. didn't. And I probably should have given a little more thought to picking him up because, you know, life has been better for him in St. Louis, especially lately. Uh, life's been better for Jay Happ in St. Louis, who I yes, who I be using, but I mean, people will say like, Oh, Jay Happ's terrible. And yeah, he is. He actually is pretty terrible now, but since he's been on St. Louis, he has a 433 RA and a 124 whip. He's got four wins and nine starts. Well, I tell you what, if you put that in as your seventh starter, uh, you yep. take that in, since August 1st, four wins and a 420, a 433 and a 124, you would take that. So the Cardinals are rolling. I know much to your chagrin as a Reds fan. Yeah. They're kind of putting the Reds and everyone else away right now, but they're rolling and everything seems to be kind of working for them right now. And especially Lester. So I would, I should have, I should have gone in a little more on Lester. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, too. Yeah, good for him and good for those who pick him up. And this is the time of year where you can probably, I don't know how much you paid for Lester, but I bet it was less than five bucks. No, I was aggressive. I had enough. Oh, okay. I bid 13. I think it was 13 okay. or, two or something like that. But I wanted to make sure I got him. He was the best two-step I thought out there. Uh, right. So even though they were facing Milwaukee, I didn't like that. But Cardinals mm-hmm. are playing good ball. They were going to let him get, you knew he was going to get the innings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's face it, getting innings right now is tough. Really yep. tough to get. If you know you're going to get a guy that throws six innings, dude, I think you just got to jump all over it. Next week, we'll see as they try, you know, teams next week is going to be impossible with them. Teams trying to set their uh, playoff rotations and all that is going to be a, just a real mess. Yes. So, and that's part of what I was saying earlier, right? With, um, with going for it this week, this being the week to go for it. This was the week with the extra games. This was the week where the rotations are still mostly rolling. Um, yeah. Next week, next week, I think every team plays six. I think off the top of my head from checking it out, I think no one plays five or seven. So that leaves us only 32 start pitchers at most. Some teams use a six man rotation. So maybe there's 25. And then some of those mm-hmm. pitchers, some of those teams might use a bullpen day somewhere in there and slow some pitchers down or just not use guys on the weekend at the very end of the season. So maybe there are only 20 two start pitchers and most of those are rostered and the ones available you might not want. So this was the week to go for it. So good for you on Lester. I, yeah, like I said, I didn't grab him, um, but I, I probably should have in some leagues. And uh, yeah, and hopefully the second start goes well. But I don't think you're going to find, I, I this is crazy to say, I don't think you're going to find options as good as Lester this Sunday night coming up. No, no, you're not. And, you know, obviously you're unloading uh, whatever you have left to fill, fill those spots. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's going to be the thing there uh, that they're going to be dealing with there. Uh, news just coming down from the, the Red Sox. Garrett Whitlock is going on the IL. Uh, they're hoping it's not serious, but he's been really good. Uh, you know, they, they as you know, Matt Barnes imploded, Whitlock's been taking on a bigger, bigger role in that Red Sox bullpen. Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That is. That's a that's a big injury for them. I still think they're going to come through and be one of the wild card teams, but that's a big injury for them. We have Whitlock is a big part of that bullpen. Yeah, yeah, it, he is. Um, I was looking at the p- starting uh, pitch, uh, the uh, projected starters grid, and it looks like next Monday is like this extremely light schedule yeah. day. You were saying that, uh, yeah. yeah. There's only two games next Monday. That's weird it's so wild i guess they're just trying to get everything you know keep that open in case there's rainouts or something uh for makeups but uh i guess that's that's actually pretty smart if that was their goal right that 
you know, to the, that's their kind of almost like their last rain out day. Yeah. Is, is next Monday. Now maybe they should have made it next Thursday just to push it back even further. But yeah, I, as I look at the same grid, they, yeah, there's a couple five game weeks. The Marlins do have seven and the Mets do have seven. That's because they have a double header on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but it's, so it's seven, but it's a double header. So it's a little less volume for, for starting pitch or sorry for, um, for hitters. Right. Um, but yeah, that Monday is what it got to be. That's got to be the lightest day on the, other than the all-star break, that's got to be the lightest day on the calendar this year. Right. You got that Thursday game, which ended up getting rained out anyhow, between the mm-hmm. Red Sox and the Yankees after the all-star break. And that was it. That, that other Everybody else, there's at least, there's usually way more games. So I don't know. We're, very weird to see that. Just happened to notice that going through it. Uh, we're going to talk uh, appreciation for certain players. One on Fred's uh, Jays, one on my Reds, and a few others when we come back. But first, a note from our friends at Vivid Seats. The summer is coming to an end which means only one month until postseason baseball, actually two weeks until postseason baseball. There's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your MLB tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, to see your favorite performer, or that new show everyone is talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. I'm Jeff. He's Fred. We're talking about uh, things that happened last night. We're talking about the stretch run. Teoscar Hernandez. I love Teoscar Hernandez. Hmm. Even in a loss yesterday, he homers. Man, this guy, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, he came out of nowhere. He strikes out too much. I'm not going to pay that price for him. He's more than justified the price this year. Hitting 303, 29 homers, 107 RBI, 86 uh, runs, and 11 stolen bases. He helped everywhere. And, you know, the, the average is the one that, that, that struck me, Fred. What a great season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's, so he's cut his strikeout rate a little bit. It's still mm-hmm. not good, but it's not that bad, right? We've got him at 139 strikeouts. So maybe finishes the year playing by the time we're done the year we'll play about 140 games and have about 150 strikeouts something like that that's not bad it's not great but it's not bad i think we've learned by now that guys can have a lot of strikeouts and still be really valuable in fantasy he hit i I didn't i got some hernandez but not as much yeah as i as i should have i think um the batting average is certainly surprising, but he fits a nice profile nowadays because he can get you that double digit steals total just to help. He's one of those guys that helps you chip away. Right. So maybe so that you can draft Whit Merrifield or Trey Turner, like one early speed guy and then not draft another speed guy and just kind of chip away after that. He lets you, he's a guy who helps you chip away. He'll get, he'll give you his 10. And if you've got maybe two or three of those guys in your outfield that maybe you get 35 between three guys or something like that. And, you know, your other guys get a few, you get 40 steals in your outfield and you got a Trey Turner in your infield. And, you know, next thing you know, you've got what you needed, which is your, you know, 90 or so 90 to hundred steals. Yep. So I, I like him for that. And he's got power. He can chip away and you just cross your fingers on the batting average. The K he's percentage in such a good lineup. Yeah. And the K percentage went down. Yeah. You know, it may be high, but it's lower, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's like 22% this year. That's uh, not bad. No. For him. Uh, average, you know, average, all the batted ball uh, stats are all good. You know, average yep. exit velocity, max exit velocity, hard hit percentage, sprint speeds, uh, you know, 85th percentile. 
you know, it's a lot of red on that uh, Savant page. You'd love seeing it. Where does he go next year? Hmm. I'm going to say, uh, oh, I will point out also the Jays are adamant that he bats fourth or fifth in the lineup, which is great. They yeah, don't mess. Beautiful. They don't mess around with him. Like, like Vlad and Bichette are going to bat ahead of him. We'll just see when the how the offseason goes. He's going to bat fourth or fifth in that lineup. If, yep. if Simeon's not back, I could see him batting fourth. If Simeon is or someone like Simeon's there, I could see him batting fifth. But, but I think that's something that that's great for him. Um, okay, I'll say where does he go next year? So this year, I felt like in, I do a lot of 15s. He was kind of around six. Um, I felt like he was almost consistently around six. Next mm-hmm. year, I'll say I'm gonna say he only climbs to around four. I don't think he gets any higher than that. What do you think? Yeah, uh, sounds maybe, right. Maybe maybe early round four. There'll be guy. Okay, how about him or Wander Franco? Who goes earlier next year? I think it should be him. I don't know if it will be. We'll see, but I don't know if it will be. I could see just that young hype on Franco. I could see, for example, Wander Franco going ahead of him next year. Uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. uh, it's got it's got to be a, a credit to Hernandez that he consistently bats cleanup in if not the best lineup in baseball one of the top two or three and that's not going to change going into next season like they're not that lineup's going to be just as good next year or it's going to be actually i'll stop it's going to be just as good next year they should get more springer next year and even if they lose and if they lose simeon they're not replacing him with a minor leaguer they're going to replace him with someone like they're trying to win now so i'd agree so he's going to be in a lineup where he hits after springer vlad and bichette and maybe one other really good player, or maybe just after those guys. So he should drive in another hundred runs next year. I would take him ahead of Wander Franco. I think I would, I would too. 85 and 80. So he was 86 in uh, main event ADP uh, range of 66 to 123. So pretty wide range. Uh, So round six on average. Yeah. Right. But right above him, 85 was Salvador Perez. I think that one worked out a little bit. Uh, Where does Salvador Perez go next year? Yeah, so that's a big question for me. And and will Salvador Perez end up on any of your teams is the other question. Because obviously, once you figure out where he's going to go, it's do you want him there? So the 46 homers is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's not that he's not as old as I thought. Like I feel like Sal's been around for he has been around for a really long time, but yeah. He's only 31. Um Rail Muto went like late round three, early round four this year. So yeah. will Sal Perez go higher than Rail Muto did? He's coming off a more impressive season. Yeah. But he, uh, I feel like he's, I feel like people love Rail Muto. Well, he's um, a running catcher, of course. I'm going to say that Sal Perez goes in round three. In a 15 far, league, he goes in round three. And how far down does Rail Muto drop? Round five. I think he's still the second catcher. Ahead of Will Smith. Yeah, that's my prediction. Yep. Okay. What do you think? He probably he probably does and should go ahead of Will Smith still. So, as much as I love Will Smith. Yep. Um I was a big Will Smith guy going into this year. Remember, I drafted him in the labor draft and some other ones. So Will Smith combined homers and steals has 28. Real Muto combined homers and steals has 27 and Real Muto obviously slides more to the steals, which are arguably more valuable. Um, 
they they've played a similar amount of games. Will Smith is a little bit higher in combined runs and RBIs and a little bit better in batting average. But I think we know this isn't Real Muto's best year. No, right? like it his, isn't. his OPS is a good like about 50 points down from what he's done the last couple years. So I'd say I'd say there'll be people. I'd say there'll be people in their drafts. He's got 15 homers. There'll be people in their drafts who feel like like he hit 11 last year in the abbreviated season. He hit 25 and 21 the years before that. So I think someone will see that 15 and say, "Nah, that's going to be a 25 next year." Yeah. Um, the, the running, the fact that he's running again this year is great. Like that'll that'll keep his value up even if you project him for 10 steals. But like there'll be people who will say for Real Muto that he gets 25 homers next year, and with Will Smith. I, I don't know. How does Will Smith go up from here? Like he's already got a 900 OPS this year. What does he have to do to go up? They just have to play him more. Yeah, that's exactly it. And I don't, do you think the Dodgers will do that? That's not really their MO. I think they might a little bit. I, I think, you know, the whole Kershaw Austin Barnes thing might end at some point, right. You know, and become less important over time. I'm looking at um, over at real Muto's page, by the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, first of all, it, he had the, the 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 spring training pre early spring training thumb injury. Remember that it was right after labor. We drafted, and then like the day after, they announced that he had the thumb injury. So that was fun. Uh, he signed a contract in January. Now, as Gray from Rasball points out, you know Sal Perez also signed a contract this offseason, and he's doing just fine. He's slaughtering the contract year narrative yep. a little bit. Yeah, Real Muto's dragged a little longer. He was out there for a while. And it was a point of contention. Was he going to get that big contract elsewhere or come back home? Uh, I, I think there's some there's some mitigating circumstances to this season. I, I think it all skews in favor of me too for having a better season. I think I'll take him over Smith too, but I'll be happy to be the take the third catcher and take Smith in the sixth instead of the fifth. That's the way it, if it shaped out that way. Okay, I have more catcher questions. Would you ever consider Real Muto over Sal Perez, or do you think Sal Perez was just so good this year that? You, you just can't do that. I would consider waiting for Rio Muto right. instead of taking Perez. I would never take him ahead of Sal Perez. Do you think if Sal Perez is a third rounder next year, you'll draft him on any team? Probably not. And that's a that's one of my things is I don't like. I've done the 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 or the third round catcher thing. Obviously, I did with Rio Muto this year. Mm-hmm. wasn't fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I you know Rio Muto he hurt his thumb while catching. Right. And that's kind of one of the things mm-hmm. that's why I'm against taking the early catcher because of that. I think Real Muto, because he ran, because average was supposed to be one of the things that he was a plus for, one of the reasons why I was more inclined to go with him. Of course, mm-hmm. he didn't provide that betting average this year, did provide the stolen bases. Ironically enough, it's been his best stolen base year ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's had 12, and who knows if he gets any more in the last two weeks. Uh, but he just hasn't provided the other goodness that we we're expecting from him. Yeah, my case on Real Muto, if I was going to make one, would be let's say you feel like the power can come back up and he could be 25 homers, 10 steals. Right. So that's 35 combined homers and steals. I know Sal Perez hit 46 homers this year, but his career high before this year was 27. So what's mm-hmm. a fair homer? Pro- is 35 a fair homer projection for him next year? Could be. With no uh, steals. Yeah. Right with one, he, he always gets one. He, I like how he there's exactly one steal in all but one of the last seven seasons. That's amazing. So, so he's gonna get you one. He just needs to show it once a year. Just, I love it. He just, just needs need to, to pay it. attention to me. Yeah. I got it. Now you'll have to hold me I got on. One guys, I'm not getting a zero. Um, 
so I could make an argument that Real Muto and Sal Perez will get the same number of combined homers and steals next year. Um, Sal Perez is a career 270 hitter who's just mm-hmm. a little bit over that this year. Um, Real Muto is a career 276 hitter. So I could certainly make an argument that they hit for, say, roughly the same batting average next year. Yeah. And then it just comes down to RBIs and runs scored. And I don't think, I know Sal Perez has been unbelievable in RBIs this year, but I don't know if you can, in that Royals lineup versus the Phillies lineup, they're probably pretty comparable. Real Muto always hits high in the lineup. I don't know if you can confidently say, like Sal Perez going into this year had never had a 60 run season and his career high in RBIs was 80. I, like he's gone bananas this year. If someone thinks he can do next year, what he did this year, he belongs in the first round. Yeah. Um, if I what, get a 45 homer catcher. What if I had the gift of foresight and I could tell you he's going to hit 268 with 31 homers, 87 RBI, and 63 runs? Give me Real Muto. You would you take that? That would that be worth the third round? No, then I'd wait for Real Muto for sure. Right. Because I think from Real Muto, if that was it, I'm going to get. I think I can. I think Real Muto can roughly match the runs, RBIs, and the batting average and. And, and I think he can match everything and he'll have a few fewer homers and a few more steals. So, um, yeah. So at that point I would be now also, are you, has this season changed your thoughts at all on drafting early catchers? These guys have come through. Okay. Like Real Muto wasn't great, but he's okay. He didn't kill you right. for sure. Um, Sal Perez was an amazing pick in a round, round six. And Will Smith was a fine pick. Those guys weren't hurting you. Right. Um, Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Contreras killed your hurt your batting average. Yasmani Grandal was the fifth catcher. Um, he destroyed your batting average for a he's, while. It's recovering though, is the funny thing. It's just yeah. he missed so many games. Travis Darno missed a huge chunk, but struggled that before one. that. Christian Vasquez. Actually, right. Like, Yasmani Grandal has creeped back, crept back up. He's actually he's probably about what you paid for now. Yeah. Christian Vasquez imploded. Christian uh, Vasquez is the guy that I took in a lot of places and something too. happened to him where he just stopped hitting home runs. He hit his six home runs. I think he had like four of them in the first couple of months and then he just stopped I know. hitting home runs. I was all excited. Like, Oh, he plays every day. I love this yep. guy. He's going to be, he's batting higher in the lineup than most catchers. I thought he then, was an easy call. Yeah. Like he, he had 801 OPS last year and 798 the year before. So you basically had an 800 OPS catcher. Yeah whose pace the previous two years was about 20 homers, a little over that, and and can steal a base. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to get eight steals from this guy and 20 homers. And then I'm going to get a decent batting average and in a good lineup. This guy was like, this guy's way undervalued in round 10. And then something, I don't know if we've got a hidden injury here with him he or something, but something happened and he just quit hitting home runs. He started out fine. And then he quit hitting home runs. Two homers in April. Okay, not great. Whatever. And then he has not even two any month after that. Gary Sanchez was a top 10 catcher. But Uh, he was a later pick. Like, you weren't getting him. You weren't having to spend a really high pick on him. You were spending pick 176 in the main event. I'm just using that as my my guy. So, like, round 12. Round 12 or so. So, yeah. So would you, are you, I guess, I guess there's nothing there this year to make me feel less comfortable with draft, drafting one in round five, four or five. I, I feel it's like the same every year. There's a couple that are really, really worth it. There's one that emerges and there's a yeah. lot of disappointments in there. Yeah. Uh, that group on the whole though, that you just went through is not that disappointing. Even Vasquez, who's been disappointing, has 14 combined homers and steals. It's not good, but. He did get eight steal. He's been disappointing for sure, but he's not a total 
like zero or anything. He's played and in a two catcher league, like he's been worth owning. He's, he's, he's not good, but like, like I, I took a lot of Ian Happ around the same point. I would, would have rather taken Vasquez. Yeah. Cause I, cause uh, I cut Happ at some point. Like yeah. I got nothing from him. Yeah. And then if you waited and you waited properly, you got Mike Zunino and Buster Posey. If you mm-hmm. waited improperly, you got so many other ones. <laughs> if you went early, you got Mitch Garver. You're hating life right now. Yeah. You wait. If you went James McCann in those middle rounds, you're hating it. Um, I, yikes. I, and I, I still don't have catcher figured out. Uh, you know, I think, I think I'm more inclined to get one of the guys I like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At least I, one. I think I go get Grandall back again. I think I, that's one. I think he's poised to have mm-hmm. better years. Uh, Contreras didn't. I mean, the batting average is bad, but he he didn't like murder death kill you. I mean, he still no, got twenty and homers. He's had, out of what, him. twenty homers, five steals. That's okay. Yeah. 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 So I yeah, think for I round ten as a catcher, I think that's that's okay. Uh, if you paid yeah. round ten, if you paid round six, you're not happy though. Yeah, for for sure. So it's it's whether you can afford to take. So I did have teams where I took two like Will Smith mm-hmm. and Christian Vasquez or something like that. Like it's whether that's putting too many eggs into the catcher basket. Cause somewhere there's also got to be some profit potential in some of these guys. And you didn't get Contreras in round 10. I'm looking at it now. Um, average pick was 119 in the main. Oh, okay. Yep. yep. He was the third catcher taken or he and Will Smith were right next to each other. Basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So one so of a the, little disappointing. One of those worked better than the other. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Will Smith is just such a good player. Just going back to him, I he was someone like I said I was high on him during draft season. I have him in some leagues, not certainly not all of them, but he mm-hmm. is just everybody was so obsessed with how little the Dodgers, how much the Dodgers were going to split time with him and Austin Barnes. You remember those articles were coming out, and then yep. his draft stock was plummeting and and everything. And I even bought into that for a while. Well, in the end, he's going to finish with probably four hundred. He's the only needs sixteen at bats to get to four hundred. He's going to get to four hundred at bats. He's already got 25 homers. He helps your batting average. Not many catchers do that. Right. I think we were overthinking it. He's really good. 25, 72, 67 every day. And 270. By the end of the yeah. Year, yeah, by the end of the year, we'll probably be looking at 25, 70 runs, 75 RBIs at least. And it, yeah, and, and a helpful batting average and like a 900 OPS. Like, yeah, I think I think we were overthinking it and I'm not going to overthink it with him next year. Yeah, I, I think... And and with with Perez too, he's Travis Kelsey. If you had him this year, you, he's going to be on a lot of winning rosters. Absolutely, because oh, he stands yeah. out. He just totally stands out. Yes. Um, yeah, all right. A- absolutely. Yeah. And and, and uh, my thought with Will Smith was just that he was such a bad, so much of a. Now go back to the Ron, Shand- the old Ron Chandler, like not that Ron's old, the expression's old, but chase talent. Like don't chase like playing time, chase the roles, like chase talent. And my thought on Will Smith was he's just so much better than Austin Barnes that they're going to have to play him more. And they did it. Like I should have stuck to my guns on that. Austin Barnes is going to finish with 200 at bats or less, which sounds just exactly like a backup catcher. Yeah. And he's right. going to have a, he's got a six sixty six OPS right now, which is exactly what you thought you'd get from him. And Will Smith is awesome. And the Dodgers are going to like, they, they just couldn't platoon. They were talking at one point about platooning them close to evenly. Like they can't yeah. do that. They can't do no. that. Like they, they don't do that at other positions. They they can't do it behind the plate. All you need to do is look at how they used him in the playoffs. He was batting cleanup. Yeah. I mean, of course, yeah. of course you're not going to put. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Uh, before we wrap up, quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The new NFL season is finally here, and Yahoo is excited to kick off daily fantasy football. There will be a ton of big prize contests throughout the season on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. 
To celebrate the opening of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football and becoming shark-free, Yahoo is giving all users the opportunity to claim free $10 in contest entry credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 contest entry credit to offer or to join one of Yahoo's biggest contests, including the $1 million Baller Contest. The $1 million Baller Contest features $1 million in total prizes, including first place receiving $100,000 and an entry into the first ever Yahoo Fantasy Football Championship live finals event, which will occur at MGM National Harbor in Maryland this December. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo this season. Visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim the free $10 offer to get started. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm Jeff Erickson. He's Fred Zinke. Fred, we talked about T. Oscar. We talked about Sal Perez. Let's talk about a little Joey Votto, because why not? He's Canadian uh-huh. and he's a red. I mean, we, there's reasons for both of us to love him. Yeah, absolutely. Two homers last night. He's now up to 33 this season. Like, what a remarkable achievement for someone who is considered washed up, I think, going into this year by most people. Um, yeah. Like, just remarkable for him. And we always talk about how Votto can has this ability to change his swing and change his style. But I was starting to not believe it, that he could still do it anymore. And he did. And and it's not like yeah. this is, it's not like this is happy fun ball year. There's plenty of home runs. There's plenty of home runs this year, but, but in this landscape, 33 is, is really, really good. And he had, he hasn't sacrificed batting average. Like he's no longer the Joey Votto who could hit 320. Like that's not there anymore. Right. He's hitting 272. That's like, that's as good. I thought we would get that batting average with 15 homers. Yeah. And the uh, the hit the hard hit rankings are, are beautiful. 
Average exit velocity, 95th percentile. Max exit velocity, 92nd percentile. Hard hit percentage, 96. X you know, woba, 97th percentile. X slug, 98th percentile. Walks are still off the chart. I mean, he, he's going to strike out. He's, he can't run a lick. But <laughs> my God, what what a what a what a yeah. beautiful season! Just stay healthy, man. Yeah, and and I mean, he had the injury where he missed most of May. April was his worst month of the of full months. Like May, he played four games. Other April was his worst month, and then he just got yeah. awesome. June he was great. July he was ridiculous. August he was great. September he's been ridiculous. So. Uh, yeah, just amazing. And now he's an interesting guy for next year. He's also really old. So, and, and, and had some really boring, not very productive seasons going into this one. So he's going to turn, or he, sorry, he recently turned 38. How high can he go next year? Like he's coming off 33 home runs. Can he go in round 15? There'll be someone that's there for it. I, I predict. Yeah. I think there'll be a good slew of people that'll be nah, nah. No other people will be taking the early first baseman. There's plenty. There's copious good first baseman, uh, you know. But mm-hmm. then there's, but but you know, I don't know. I mean, it's 33 homers. It's hard to ignore that. And it's not like an Albert Pujols 33 homers either. You know, as he mm-hmm. he started to decline. You know, Joey Votto or Chris Bryant next year. I guess we'll see where Chris Bryant lands, but I'll take Joey Votto. I'm not a Chris Bryant guy. I'll take Joey Votto. Okay. Okay. Let's find a different one then for you. Ryan Mountcastle has 30 homers. It's true. Mountcastle. Mountcastle. I think so too. I just think he's just trending the other way. So I'd probably put my eggs Mm -hmm. in that basket. One thing I was going to say with Votto is um, like, he's not Nelson Cruz in the sense that Nelson Cruz has never, what's remarkable about Nelson Cruz is he never had the downturn that Votto had for yeah. a couple of years, right? Where, where Votto just started posting like 2018, 19, 20, like the OPS started to be more like 800 ish. Whereas Nelson Cruz, it's just always stayed high. Um, I mean, it's down a little bit this year. It's 856, but it's, it's just generally always stayed 850 or higher. But um, how much money have people made in the last few years by just not doubting Nelson Cruz as he ages? And just saying, right. sure, I'll sign up for another. I'll sign up for another forty homer season from Nelson Cruz. I'll sign up for another hundred RBI season. And Nelson Cruz is a special hitter, a special player. Like Joey Votto is in that same class where he is a special player. He's a Hall of right. Fame, future Hall of Famer. So believing in him that he can that he can keep this going for another year, that's probably not a bad gamble. I mean, you don't expect thirty three homers again or thirty five if that's what he ends up with. But if but you could expect. What do you think is a fair prediction for him? 25 next year, 26. Yeah. Yeah. 25 to 30 because, you know, because he he's changed to try to hit more homers. Mm-hmm. He didn't. And he did that mid season. I mean, some of that started last year after his three day break, uh, but he really bought in after coming. And remember he missed time with a, a lot of time with injury too. He's only played 121 games this year and he hit 30, 33 homers. So, yeah, I can see it. I can see another yeah. 30. So you project season. 26, 27 home runs. You project no steals anymore. Um, and yeah. maybe batting average 260, something like that. Something that's maybe my, like not either not doesn't help or hurt you, or maybe mildly helps you something like that. Yeah. Um, I probably was too hard on Chris Bryant as I bring him up in front of me. I'm, I'm a not Chris Bryant guy. Um, right. I should, because Chris Bryant mixes in a few steals. I'm going to, I'm going to change my pick. I would take Chris Bryant. Okay. Fair enough. What about, what about you? 
I probably would, especially because the, the three positions helps too. Right. Uh, so that's the other thing. The other thing about Votto too is he will hurt you in runs. His foot speed is yeah. lacking. And you, you know, I'm just looking at like earned auction value this year. And he's got 68 runs scored. Now, granted, some of that's because of games played, but some of that's also he just he can't run. Uh, so mm-hmm. that that that's he's going to hurt you a little bit relative to the field. But then again, first base is a position uh, chock full of guys like that. But uh, we'll see. I can uh, see me with some Votto. I'm often a wait on the corner infield. I find I find mm-hmm. I often wait on corner infield. I because I chase steals fairly early and pitching. I find I like that those things aren't in the corner infield. So unless I end up with like a Jose Ramirez or something like that, I find I'm often a wait at corner infield guy. So I could see me ending up with some Votto. Like just I could see me looking for um, corner infielders in like rounds whatever thirteen through twenty, and he where he will probably fall. All right, one last either or for you. Next year, Joey Votto or Ian Kennedy? <laughs> oh, he rubs the salt into the wound. Um, I would say no matter where Ian Kennedy signs, if if the uh, if the Rays sign him and name him their closer, I will still take Joey Votto. Yeah, uh, same here. Well, I mean, the thing, you know what? He did for a good a year, while, though, Ian Kennedy overall. He did. He did. 24 you, you saves. Did. You got like... 10 to 12 of them, right? Yeah, I think I got the first nine or 10. Yes. Uh, you know, and he's been tough lately, but that's my, so yeah. So he's, I will say now, and this is me personalizing this. He has blown two Ranger Suarez wins in September. Oh, and no. I have Ranger Suarez on my main event team and it's driving me nuts now. And then oh, no. last night, was it last night? Yeah. Last night, Ranger Suarez through six innings, two runs against Baltimore that's got to get you a win. And the Phillies got shut out. Who gets shut out by Baltimore? The Phillies. Oh, that one is like when I, when that box score came by, like I like, I was watching the Jays game and it came across the ticker on the bottom. I was like, that can't be right. Nobody gets shut out by Baltimore. And like, yeah. So so that's three starts in a row. I believe where Ranger Suarez has pitched well, really well in all of them, like two and two runs or less, like six innings type starts and hasn't gotten any wins to show for it. It's driving me nuts in that main event. And Ian Kennedy's blown two of them. So, and it's just because it's Ian Kennedy and we made that trade. It bugs me even more. Yeah, of course. Of course it does. Yeah. So that's wild. All right. We're going to leave on that happy note for you. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry to do that to you this week, but uh, I got to get going to the golf podcast. So uh, I want to thank WinBet for their sponsorship in those six states. If you can bet, please use WinBet, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We got Clay and James tomorrow coming at you, and I'll be here Thursday. We're going to do some White Sox talk. Uh, We'll be uh, looking forward to that. And then next week, Phil DeSalt is going to join us on the Thursday podcast. So lots of stuff still to discuss. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.